previously on my best friend's journal. Had S-E-X with Spider-Man. Didn't I end it like <laughs> two days ago? You did the opposite of ending it. You you stuck it in. Or got it stuck in. I don't know how this worked. It's a little how I felt with uh, the politician. River, the super, super hot guy, dies episode one. I would lay that guy down and slow bone him. He is so fucking hot. So hot. <laughs> We will likely be discussing less. Um, it's a Pulitzer Prize winning book by Andrew Sean Greer. My sister actually read it first and uh, told me I might like it. And I'm like, oh, why? Because it's about an aging homosexual trying to overcome mediocrity? <laughs> <laughs> Left audition because it's not for me. Needed a Russian split jump. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I would love my headshot back. <laughs> so these shows, the biggest issue we had was the lights and sound were such a fucking mess. I often have to explain <laughs> common English words to Careful, you. Careful, it's getting condescending. <laughs> Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek, grab a drink, or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud. How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote. This shit might get too real. Nothing here is sacred. I'm haunted by my past. It's called my best friend's journal. Let's start this damn podcast. Let's sing this name a little longer first. It's someone's favorite podcast. Yes, and the world's greatest podcast. Oprah's favorite podcast. There is a black cat outside my window. There is no black cat in my neighborhood. This is a bad omen. We can't record today. Uh, nope. This is the only <laughs> time I have available. Also, like, calm down, Santeria. There's omens don't exist. I don't practice Santeria. I do have a crystal ball, however. <laughs> I don't feel like I peg you as a super superstitious person. Super superstitious. I would like you not to peg me at all. Um, no, Are I'm you not... superstitious? Um... A, a tiny bit. Do you come from a superstitious people? That I do. My my Weibo is uh, Cuban and it comes with like Santeria is a real thing. She doesn't practice Santeria, but there are like good and bad omens and there is, um, yeah, there's a, there's a pinch of superstition in my personality, but I wouldn't say I live by it. Has she ever slaughtered a chicken? Maybe. For witchcraft purposes? To my knowledge, no. But again, I learn like little truth bombs from Weibo and from my mom all the time that I had never <laughs> heard before. So I'd like, I wouldn't be shocked to hear it. Okay. Um, well, next time you're with her, ask her if she's ever had a, a use for fresh chicken blood that wasn't, you know, a recipe. Out of curiosity, have you ever slaughtered a wild animal? I'm just, just asking for a friend. <laughs> a very specific friend. Um, and hello, this is my best friend's journal. I'm Cam. I'm Mike. And this is the cursed episode. Ooh. No, don't say that. <laughs> um, I like to poke fun at things like, um, you know, overt superstition, um, which is easy for me to dismiss because it's not science or whatever. Um, and then I like love astrology and find it fascinating <laughs> and like, am such a Virgo all the time. So, you know, <laughs> that's true. I never really connected the dots on those things. Superstition feels so like, uh, what woo woo or whatever, but astrology Airy fairy. <laughs> Sorry. Say that again. <laughs> Airy fairy. Thought you called me a hairy fairy and I was going to be V offended. <laughs> it's airy fairy. You hairy fairy. <laughs> <laughs> what is airy fairy uh it's just that it's all like kind of woo woo like uh there's the black cat again <gasps> uh <laughs>
<laughs> you do practice Santeria. Okay, the definition of airy fairy. <clears throat> it is a British term. Um, it is defined as lacking substance or purpose, not having substance or purpose, not practical. Kind of like not based in reality. Woo woo. Does that make sense? So I officially am an airy fairy, hairy fairy. Yeah. Huh. Episode title. <laughs> <laughs> that happened quickly. Um, speaking of uh, astrology, I got the best text from my sister-in-law this morning. And this is not the sister-in-law that I'm usually mentioning. This is a different one. Um, she got a, an update about her horoscope and screenshotted it and sent it to me. And it said, you could have an opportunity to be a guest on a podcast or radio show in order to promote your brand <laughs> or your expertise. You'll do great. She followed it up by saying, I'll be waiting for my invitation. My expertise lies in blowjobs and fashion. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Um, fantastic, because we are experts in neither of those fields. Um, excuse me, speak for yourself, not fashion, but I do give a mean blowy. That's, that's what I'm talking about, Cam. It's too mean, it's too aggressive, you gotta stop biting, you gotta stop punching. <laughs> punching? I like to punctuate my blowjobs with just a little fisticuffs. Fisticuffs? Fisticuffs, it just means like, you know, punching, uh, hmm. getting into a fist fight, getting into fisticuffs, having a bit of... Uh, back and forth a bit of a row well i'm learning every day you are learning every day you're learning more today than most though Hmm. um but again here we are with you not really speaking english so i love being helping uh teach this esl class every week (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck yourself (laughs) so how are you how was your week oh i'm fine um it has been kind of a weird week i have been a little off um you know everything is is ups and downs these days for me and for everyone I think and this week has just been a little bit like a um I don't know I've been in a bit of a trough mental health wise um not I wouldn't say uh depressed but I would say just really prone to low moods you know like I can yeah um anything can kind of set me off and I think I'm feeling kept up or kempt up pent up I guess is what I'm trying to say uh and just which is should be no surprise to anyone I suppose and probably a pretty familiar feeling for many um and the days are kind of running together and um I'm just have feeling a little bit like my optimism is harder to um harder to access you need to go for a, a little drive get the wind in your scalp <laughs> You fucking dick. Um, I get the wind in your scalp. Yes, I should go for a drive. I uh, realized very recently that I haven't even touched my car in probably three weeks, which is strange. Uh, I know that that is no, that would be no big problem for you because you don't really like to drive, but I do enjoy getting out and about and I don't mind time in the car. So yeah, I should, I should go explore or something. Especially in a nice Jeep. Like that's the perfect vehicle for a little recreational drive uh it's it's good for recreational drive but the fact that it's a jeep has no bearing on things right now because it is 105 degrees every day in the desert right now so i will be windows up cranking the ac Mm. i can do that in any car um that reminds (laughs) me i once had a car that didn't uh, like couldn't hold its coolant so i had to um at bladder control issues (laughs) The way that you said couldn't hold it, you made it sound like a pregnant lady who couldn't hold her bladder. No, pregnant ladies are in much better health, hopefully, than any of the cars I drove in high school. <laughs> oh, did you have some some shitty ones? Uh, yeah, actually, my friend Laura just texted me. We talked about driving recently on an episode, and she listened to it and was like, remember all your death trap vehicles you used to drive in high school? And I was like, oh my all god, All of I them? How many cars did you have? Um, well, I, there's three that were death traps. I had one car that I purchased. Um, it got into an accident and became a two-toned car. Um, Hold on. 
real quick it got into an accident so it was like <laughs> herbie the love bug and it was out out doing its own uh doing its own thing got itself wrecked up or was yeah, there just, any fault of the driver or? nope none none of the 16 oh, year olds oh. really really <laughs> experienced mature braces wearing driver <laughs> i rear-ended someone when i was 16 and uh when the police came she was freaking out and she couldn't have been more than 19 herself but she was like look at this braces wearing kid who knocked up my car i was like okay why are we gonna go there <laughs> this fucking four eyes (laughs) like why in the world would she attack your appearance that's awful no idea i guess just to you know allude to my my youth um but it then resulted in my car it was nearly totaled but i got uh like a a similar car with a different color to replace some of the parts so it was two-toned it was Uh, um, beige and and like a deep blue Oh, not even two good tones together. No, no, no. It was tough. And uh, also, it lost its function for power steering, um, <laughs> which like, you don't realize unless you lose it is essential. Um, similar to the coolant, if when you poured the power steering in, it like wouldn't it tore through it very quickly. So when the power steering fluid was out, um, you needed like full Herculean strength to turn the car. <laughs> forget about parallel parking if i was if i was tired it was just exhausting to get home yeah i mean you don't have any upper body strength as a 30 year old so i can't imagine <laughs> as a 16 year old <laughs> this was... okay <laughs> <laughs> also this car sounds like an environmental disaster it's just leaking every fluid you pour into it, it well, all actually, over the place i'm conflating two cars so the one the one car that was two-toned was uh was power steering fluid and then another car i drove when that one finally bit the bucket is that what it's called kicked the bucket kicked the bucket what do they bite what do you bite to die the dust it bit the dust and then the dust was put into a bucket which was kicked um <laughs> uh, it was the, a messy messy death yeah when that happened i drove my brother's car which was equally death trappy that's the one that couldn't hold coolant and then the third death trap vehicle was my mom's minivan which wasn't so bad but the gears um did not match up with what they were doing so like it says reverse but it might be a neutral and you just kind of had to feel it out oh you mean like the the indicator on the dashboard didn't yeah. m- match up with what gear you were actually in right it's anyone's <laughs> guess <laughs> so you just had to kind of like let it let it idle a bit and see what direction you were traveling in before <laughs> you started <laughs> That sounds like a nightmare for you who don't, you don't even like to drive a car that's operating at like tip top shape. So like, I can only imagine. Well, that's probably why. (laughs) That's probably why, honestly, you didn't have a great start. Um, I feel like everyone had, well, not everyone. A lot of people drove beautiful cars right from the jump. Uh, Not me. Um, A lot of us have those stories of awful cars that they had in high school. I loved my first car. It was a 1991 Mitsubishi Eclipse, which it wasn't. Like, eclipses got cool at some point for, you know, the time. However, this was um, a direct knockoff of a Ford Probe. I'm pretty sure it was the exact same car. Ford Probes were those shitty little two-door sports cars that had the um, headlights that raised up and down. You know what I'm talking about? They, like, blinked. They blinked. Now he's talking about a personified car. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> it was it was awful. Uh, it, one of them was uh, stuck half up, half down. So oh, it was, no. like, constantly half winking. And... Uh, we're on video. Uh, um, there is Peter's wandered in here, fully nude. Um, there is one in the drawer in the bathroom, actually. Uh huh. Um, 
He's looking for towels so he can take a shower. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say take a shit because you held that SH so long. And I was like, is your toilet paper completely gone? Just just jump in the shower. Don't use cloth. <laughs> can you? That is the foulest. Yikes. Um. Anyway, this car, the one thing I remember about it the most is that it had these shitty, shitty steel rims. And um, it would they would bend if you hit even the slightest pothole. And then you would have a flat tire. And so I probably changed... 10 tires between ages of uh 16 and 18 i got really really good at it oh i did too i actually am it's one of my strangely butch skills i can change a tire no prop (laughs) it's what happens when you drive shitty vehicles don't you mock me i'm proud of myself i I, I, no I, i i'm honestly surprised that you uh that I don't mean for that to sound disparaging, but that you are in any way handy around a car. Cause in my head you hate cars. I do. So. But that would mean for, for these reasons, for the same reasons why I'm, I have a couple of car skills. The other car skill that is surprising that I have is, um, jumping. I can jump a car like nobody's business because yeah, I had too many times. Oh, the same. Yeah. The coolant car. Also the battery had to be jumped every time you started it. <laughs> every time. Every, every oh, single time. Oh my God. Did you have those really annoying people at your school that drove like off the lot sports cars at, yes. at 16? Yes. And we oh, had a God. category in our superlatives in the yearbook for one of oh, them was for- best car, yes. which is so yeah. stupid. <laughs> yeah. We talked about that in an early episode. Best car, AKA richest dad. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. That's the stupidest. It's just, it's mean is what it is. Uh, enough, enough about cars. That's not what this podcast is about. Tell me how your week has been. Um, it's, I've missed your face. This is oh, it's nice to sweet. see you. Um, it's been pretty typical, except I have to confess to something terrible I did. Um, Can't fucking wait. I was on Facebook for this podcast. I'm only ever on Facebook for this podcast. Um, wait, we have a Facebook page? <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and I literally just go on to make sure it's still there and nothing crazy has happened, but I never spend more than a minute on Facebook. Anyway, I accidentally did spend more than a minute, and I saw one of my very Republican, very MAGA hat-wearing Trump relatives post something um, that I could not help myself from responding to. You couldn't help yourself. You know better, bitch. I know. I was high and I was like, don't do it. I have to. I just couldn't not say anything. (laughs) Um, It said it was a post saying we simply cannot allow mail in ballots. We must vote in person because there's too much fraud and liberal Democrats want to yada, yada, yada. And I had to to steal the elections. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I had to explain um, the dangers in not allowing mail in ballots and how um, some of her facts might be... um, ill found she said 28 million people fraudulently voted by mail last election and i was like i just don't think that's true (laughs) that would be voter fraud on such a huge scale and would like crumble our democracy that is shocking yeah there was only so many points i could hone in on because it was so asinine um so anyway i wrote a little spiel and then at the end i wrote something um i was like hope you're happy healthy safe and well like too many too many adjectives she responds (laughs) I checked the next day. She responded with a long message about how she's doing and how the family is doing. Um, And then one little sentence at the very end just said, I'm glad to live in a country where we can disagree on issues like this and with a little hug sign. And I, I could have, I could have come back and I just chose not to let it sit there. And now I'm just kind of meat for the vultures of Facebook to enjoy. I've already had a bunch of her friends trolling me and I just haven't responded because like have at it. I don't care. I have I let my peace be known. Oh God bless. I cannot believe you engaged in anything like even well, it was 
overtly political. I wouldn't even I wouldn't touch that with a ten foot pole. I know. I knew that better is not where that. people are convinced. But you, yeah, you knew better. You just you were in the mood for a fight. Apparently, maybe perhaps someone will read this and see facts and or maybe question the bullshit that has been spewed. Maybe who knows? I don't have any idea how long it's been since I got rid of Facebook. But that is especially with a um, like in an in election year. That is like the thing that I miss the very least you know i I just i'm so glad that i don't have that in my life because i'm really susceptible to falling down those rabbit holes of like seeing what people are saying or being like oh let's just see what crazy people are in the comments because i'm a fucking masochist and then i go down like this rabbit hole of hating life and society and thinking that we're all fucking doomed so i don't need that in my life i can't handle it actually a dangerous place instagram remains my favorite of the social media platforms the only one Although, man, I have so many 30-something friends that are on TikTok these days. TikTok is having a heyday for sure. Yeah, the quarantine has been perfect for it. A lot of hot dudes twerking on that app, but luckily they usually (laughs) cross-post onto Instagram, so I still get to see it. Speaking of hot dudes twerking on TikTok, do you have any gay moments this week? (laughs) Just just jerking off to hot dudes on TikTok? No, uh, (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, Oh, wait one second, please. Hold for music. Gay, gay. Great. So as you were saying, jerking off to what? I'm going to be really honest with you. It hasn't been a super gay week because, as I mentioned before, it hasn't been like the best week in the world. Um, I would say there's an even tie between my typical Friday night, which is Drag Race, and this week also included the pilot of um, Hollywood, which is the new Ryan Murphy show on Netflix. And oh, that's yes. pretty fucking gay. Uh, not only because it stars Patty Lapone, because it's a Ryan Murphy show, there's like gay sex in episode one. And that was fabulous and gay, and I really, really enjoyed it. It's getting awful reviews, but I feel like critics don't love Ryan Murphy and the worlds that he builds, and I'm almost always here for it. I just like him. Oh, we've um, talked about this before. I, I only saw an episode so far, and I'm very much enjoying it. Yeah, I am too, and the wheels may very well fall off, um, but right now I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, so yeah, that was a pretty gay Friday night, and then um, just before we started recording today, I, was, I found myself um, dancing around after my shower in the bathroom uh to lizzo because i just had a random mix on and uh soulmate came on yeah it's such a bop and i was just you know just like doing my naked dance around uh and just feeling feeling my oats this morning and that was really nice um and that's that's pretty good helicopter i didn't helicopter um i just didn't put on clothes for the entirety of the song because i was too busy dancing you ever do that thing where you like you have your towel around your waist and then you like you start bopping and the towel starts to slide off and you dance the towel off and then you just dance around <laughs> naked for a while you know what i mean uh, i know what you mean um <laughs> don't pretend like you don't <laughs> Um, it didn't make me miss dancing. I'm going to hijack uh, part of your gayest moment because that show Hollywood is also part of mine. Let me start by saying the lead actor, David Sweet, is hot as fuck. He is so cute. He's the guy who played River on The Politician, who I was freaking out about when we were talking about that show. Yeah, he is an obnoxiously handsome straight man. He is, uh, I mean, there's no question why Ryan Murphy is obsessed with him and is now casting him in everything. He is like a caricature of a leading man like perfect features he's also a really good actor and like very fun to watch juilliard uh, so trained, in fact juilliard trained god damn that man won the genetic lottery and so far as most people that look like him are underwear models and he is a very talented actor as well and that is not really fair fucking 
Fuck that guy. Yeah, let's get him. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> um, so a bunch of my girlfriends are watching Hollywood as well, and there's a text thread about it. And, like, everybody agrees that he's hot, but I just could not stop. No matter what anyone said, I was like, hot, hot, he is hot. <laughs> Oof, especially in a little undershirt. Specifically that ribbed white skin-tight tank top. He looks so good in it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he could wear a garbage bag and he'd look great. Yeah, now I'm literally salivating. Um, so that was your gayest moment, just watching that and jerking off to <laughs> that guy? I don't know why you've got to add jerking off to everything I do. Uh, um, I Am I the one that adds that to everything you do? Shut am I? up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the gayest moment was just realizing how thirsty I am, drooling way too much over this man who's like indiscriminately sticking his dick in all the female characters. Yeah, porking Patty Lapone. I mean, it is Ugh. a... Uh, <laughs> It's quite a situation watching her like this uh, aging woman in Hollywood uh, hiring male prostitutes and getting down and dirty with them right on my screen. I'm like, damn, Patty Lapone. Good for her. That's like kind of cool. We don't ever see that. Good for Ryan Murphy. Like, old lady's got to get theirs too. Oh, yeah. She's very sexual. I bet she'd be super offended I called her an old lady, but she has it coming because she recently called uh, Barbara <laughs> Streisand. <laughs> I'm sorry. One of my favorite things that I've seen in quarantine was her going after Barbara Streisand on Watch What Happens Live. Brenda T wants to know if you think Barbara Streisand will ever get her film adaptation of Gypsy off the ground that she's been working on for years. Um, maybe 50 years ago, she would have been a brilliant Madame Rose. What, you think she's just too old now? I do. I think she's too old. But again, there's technology to change all of that, but I don't know whether mentally she's is you know has that kind of um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Hunger. Which is so rich because they are absolutely contemporaries. They are probably, what, maybe Patty's 10 years younger? Maybe. And Patty played that role on Broadway 10 years ago. Yeah, it's honestly savage, but in a wonderful, fun way. <laughs> I love that she alluded to the fact that they could use the anti-aging technology they used on fucking Robert De Niro on Barbara Streisand so she could play Mama Rose. So rude. Oh, it tickled me. I, I just, I laughed out. I laughed till I cried because she's just such an old twat, that woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bunny. Little bunny. Little baby bunny. Uh, oh, my God. Good omen. <laughs> the wildlife. The fucking... <laughs> snow white parade that's happening outside your window <laughs> right now <laughs> i haven't had a disney whistle in a while i haven't had you in my house in a while it used to be like a weekly occurrence no sad one day one day we will return Aww. oh before we get away from all this gay shit uh do we, we should... ever get away from the gay shit cam <laughs> uh actually no fair point but the specific gay shit that we meant to talk about, uh, we promised the people last week that we would discuss less the Pulitzer Prize winning novel that we both read. And I'm assuming that you finished it by now because you've had a while. Oh, calm down. <laughs> so rude to me. Yes, I read it in like a reasonable amount of time. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm feeling spicy today. I've apparently giving you a hard time. I'll take any hard time I can get. But uh, for now, uh. here's this week's education. Yes. So, Less by Andrew Sean Greer. Yeah. Um, so it's about this gay writer who is traveling the world as he approaches his 50th birthday. And throughout the book, we get flashbacks of his relationship with a much younger paramour. And then also his relationship with a much older, very successful writer that he's living in the shadow of. So it's about him kind of overcoming his own 
struggle with mediocrity um, to eventually find some joy. Yeah, uh, that's pretty well put, actually. I thought it was um, I thought it was a, a really excellent read. There's no like big mystery to me why this won the Pulitzer. I thought it was uh, interestingly told. There's a couple of plot devices that um, I won't go into because uh, other people should be able to enjoy this book as well uh, without knowing what happens. But um, by it, it's all kind of wrapped up in a really uh, nice, neat bow at the end, but without being trite or uh, I don't know, without cheapening it it's i think it's it's told really well it made me laugh out loud i really liked this character um the way that he views the world is i think really really fun and um i mean the book is a satire and um there's just some some good laugh out loud moments but it's also a um i don't know it's it's a beautiful telling of of a life approaching middle age i think the um education part of it is mostly centered around this idea that we explore in the book about not being entertained by the idea of the sad privileged gay man it is an old tired trope and it throughout the book this author wrote a book yeah his his, so very his publisher passed on this book because it's not it's not fun to watch a middle-aged white gay man wander around and be miserable it's like it's a, a tale as old as time and that's literally what they say is like this is this is not interesting um and it it, it takes him realizing uh realizing that and like figuring out how to tell a story and uh and and allow people to to experience some joy through your characters i I was saying last week that sometimes i really i feel the need to watch a character thrive like i want an author to give me the opportunity to watch a character like you can drag them through the mud you can make them have an awful time but i occasionally need to see them succeed if i'm going to continue to care about this so many books end right when the tides start to turn for a character that's had a tragic journey throughout Mm -hmm. a book and i'm always like oh god i just wanted a a little bit of time watching them succeed or 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 reap the the fruits of their labors or whatever it is and so that's something i really liked about this book is that this narrator who is an author is learning to tell stories that way learning to not just like make everything about like the miserable suffering of people but like maybe giving them the chance to experience some of the joys that life has to offer yeah quick clarification he's not the narrator which is confusing but i will let you read oh, that and figure oh, it out you're you're totally right i i misspoke but yes the the our protagonist yes if you had to rate this um out of 10 butt plugs how many butt plugs would you give it <laughs> wow um i would give this book seven butt plugs okay I think it was an eight for me. Um, it was very digestible. It's not too long. I thought it was funny and smart and quick. Um, all things that I wanted for a summer read. Um, I read this almost exclusively floating in the pool, um, and I, I really liked it. Well, that sounds just lovely. I read it under your watchful eye, um, judging me. I <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you told me we were supposed to read this thing, so I'm just going to hold you to your, uh, your commitments. That's all. No, I was committed. It was enjoyable. Um, speaking of commitments to reading... Should we get into the journal? Let's do it. I don't practice Santeria. I ain't got no crystal ball. I had a million dollars, but I, I'd spend it all. Um, it is November 15th, 2014. Give us our weekly recap. We have finished install for my ship. The shows are beginning, and I have told Spider-Man that I'm no longer interested, but also not shown the same with my actions mm, what actions would you be speaking of sex bish you done port spider-man what a sentence <laughs> <laughs> all right on november 15th then you are in fort lauderdale off with debbie um we're gonna call her debbie 
met DC for breakfast and deposited money and ran errands. Caught up with friends on Wi-Fi at Starbucks. Phone with Cam. Smiley face. Oh, hi, Cam. That's me. That is you. I never make I never make this journal. That makes me very happy. Good point. I feel like we never discussed that. How? Yeah, your name hasn't been up in here in a while. Not since like the beginning of two years ago. Wow, it probably means we weren't speaking because surely I would have written it down. Not like not speaking, but like not talking a lot. Yeah, we did have uh, times in our lives where the catch ups were few and far between. Um, but this was one. Real quick before you move on, um, you just in passing said I deposited money. Do you want to know why I deposited money? Because on this cruise ship, I w- you didn't ask, I'm answering anyway. <laughs> I was paid in cash, and it's a lot of money. I used to have to walk off the ship through a kind of sketchy port in Fort Lauderdale with cash on my person and find my way to a bank to deposit. People literally would have tens of thousands of dollars sitting in their room. That is insane. And is that, that wasn't the case on your last ship. Why can't they just fucking cut you a check? It's a antiquated payroll system. It was the last of its kind on this fleet. Um, and I just happened to be there for it. It was crazy. I hated it. It's so stressful walking out with so much money. Had anyone been tipped off that all these people, all these cruise ship employees were going to be disembarking with pockets full of cash? That would have been an awful and dangerous situation. Yeah, for sure. We shouldn't move on before we take a moment to disparage Fort Lauderdale. God, what a shitbox. <laughs> when was the last time you were there? <laughs> uh, a year and a half ago. My last time in Florida was in Fort Lauderdale. And it really had either gone downhill or my standards had gotten higher. Maybe both. Not great. I mean, I get it, but you hate Florida more than most. It just should be pointed out. A lot of people don't like Florida. It's not Florida's fault. They just like Rick DeFuckinsantis is the governor. Marco Rubio is their senator. They are set up for failure. There's so much wrong with that place. And it used to, I think that the biggest issue is that as a child, I loved it. It was, you know, the best place to go vacation because it's a warm ocean and calm beaches and beautiful white sand and all that. They have gorgeous beaches. There is no, there's absolutely no, um, disputing that it's It's like caribbean with the commercial joys of america yeah yeah the commercial joys and like i feel like a real uptick in um serious like methy drug problems in fort lauderdale like every person (laughs) at every restaurant was like a tweaker when i was there and it was just it was it was not a very accommodating place i i believe you (laughs) (laughs) yeah spend a few more minutes talking about how much i hate florida but we can move on i suppose on the 16th of november it's a sea day um okay so we're we're getting to know this ship a little bit more uh there's a that sushi place that we talked about last time i can't remember the name but it's very japanese izumi izumi and then this place is you went to chops it sounds like a steak house or something nailed it steakhouse um so you went with pretty much every member of your cast um you had a lovely meal it was not as good as prime c which was the steakhouse from your last ship if i do remember correctly yes um, and it will nothing about the ship will ever live up except for that mini golf course i tell you man got me through some afternoons <laughs> i imagine so this is me you know not knowing anything about cruising but always having opinions about things i uh, would imagine something like a mini golf course on a cruise ship would always just be full of people waiting to play. Is that not always the case? No, it's really not. Like people see it and they're like, oh, that's cool. That's there. I will never touch it. But like, look at that okay. option I have. Sure. And then I guess on this ship, you're going to have port manning days just like you did on other ones, which this was not ship, a lot to do. I do not have port manning, which is oh, one that's much nice. better thing. Yes, it's great. Okay. Look at this. We're, we're learning uh, the upsides of this big shitty boat. Um, <laughs> Okay, on the 17th of November, um, you had a Swing City, Sea Day, Big Singer Orchestra Timing Issue in Show 2, 
Yeah, constantly. I was bitching about that terrible sound engineer last time. You'll read that. Uh-huh. I'll probably stop writing it because it became mundane. But <laughs> yes, of course there was. How fun for the audience. I can only imagine the, like sitting in the audience being like, what the fuck is going on right now? They often would be playing two songs at the same time. Sometimes the the band would hear a different song than was playing in the theater. So like they'd be playing along to a song that is not being played through... Um, the house speakers. And that is w- just so fucking shocking to even imagine. Like, th- would people just get up and leave? Um, no, we we stopped the show many times. We would stop the show and be like, "Sorry, hold on," and we'd start it again. Someone go get the sound engineer from his cigarette break. We're having technical issues, and those technical issues is that we have no technicians here. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a full nightmare, like panic at the disco. I chimed in. Haven't you people ever heard of staying in the <laughs> light booth? <laughs> I like how much you committed to that. It was great. Um, on the 17th, oh, finishing the 17th, you did back and biceps at the gym. Just wanted to let the people know that you went to the gym. I'm so strong. Um, oh, a new country. On November 18th, you are in Cartagena, Colombia. New continent. This is my Colombian character. That was actually a pretty decent accent. Um, that was my Sofia Vergara impression. <laughs> oh, it felt it felt like, again, Mrs. Doubtfire, but when um, he's doing the costume changes and he's the lady from Miami. I met this beautiful Cuban. Mm-hmm. Every night is like the bait of pigs. Mm-hmm. I can't lie to you. It's beautiful with him. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. a little um, Gloria Estefan? <laughs> I almost watched that the other day. It's on Amazon Prime for free. <gasps> I was like, oh, should I oh, be watching The Birdcage? Oh, God. That is, oh, The Birdcage. I thought you meant Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh. I just conflated both I of those. I see. Yeah, you heard me doing Hank Azaria. Come on, are you afraid of my watermelonness? Your what? My watermelonness, my natural heat. Yeah, absolutely, uh-huh. I did. Wow, that was weird. I just um, heard I'm exactly what I wanted. Yeah, Birdcage is on Amazon Prime for free if you want to watch. Mrs. Doubtfire was on HBO, and we kept saying we'd watch it soon, and then it left HBO, and now we won't watch it. I'm sad. Or it might not have left, but I no longer have access to HBO, Cam. So. <laughs> I had to cancel my cable. We moved. I know. Cam generously let me, Michaela, and Kick use his HBO, which I would happily buy, but we don't have any cable at all, and you can't get HBO on its own. It's so annoying. You have to... Yes, you can. No, it's an add-on to cable. You cannot buy just HBO as an app. HBO Now is only available through the a cable service, but HBO Go, you can buy by itself. It's like twelve ninety nine a month. Wait. Okay. I knew there were two different ones, and I didn't... I never understood why, and that makes perfect sense. Oh my God. I'm going to get HBO brilliant yes oh that's gonna fully change the conversations we have sorry (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna make me get it too so we can watch (laughs) gay movies Mm -hmm. on hbo Uh, gay movies on cinemax (laughs) skinemax no one watches softcore porn anymore that can't like they must have moved on right i mean i don't anymore um (laughs) when you were a kid did you ever try and watch porn through like the uh, black and white fuzzy blacked out channels like through the like lines of of non-focus you would be able to see like weird sexy broadcast yeah. channels trying to make out a boob maybe a dick but yeah i definitely watched some of that <laughs> trying to make out a boob no if you really wanted to watch softcore porn i know you didn't have mtv but did you ever happen to watch um undressed mm, i don't know undressed was like my first bit of sexual education it was a it was a MTV style soap opera about young people in a variety of sexual situations. The one that sticks out to me is in an episode where uh, there's two guys and they're making out and they're about to have sex. And one of them was like, I wear the condom. The other one's like, no, 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 I wear the condom. And I was like, why can't you just both wear a condom if you want to? I didn't realize they were 
insinuating positions. Uh, <laughs> I wear the condom. What an awful way to say. That you want to top? You want to top. I know. I was so confused about that. That's terrible education. Okay, so I'm going to go off of that for really quick. I'm finishing a book right now that's by an author that I have recommended before on this podcast. It's the third in a trilogy. It's like my least favorite book in the trilogy. I will wait until it's over to judge it. However, she is writing this gay couple, and there's a lot of like hot sex scenes um, that she wrote. It's like verging on romance novel and um she's like fixated as an author on this term bottoming from the top meaning just like writing it she's a good author and she's like good at writing gay characters but like obviously she's never had gay sex or like lived in that world and so it's like someone described it to her one time like bottoming from the top like like it kind of blew her mind you can tell that to bottom you don't have to be on the bottom and so she's written the term bottoming from the top like three times in conversation between two gay men i'm like honey no one has ever said that. <laughs> he is bottoming, but on top. Oh, God. So graphic. Someone has said it, but uh, <laughs> it's absolutely not part of, like, standard gay vernacular. How was she using it? This guy was like, have you ever bottomed from the top? And the other guy was like, no. He's like, liar. I'm like, no, he didn't ask that. And also, it's just like, it's just another position. It's not just because you're bottoming doesn't mean that you're literally laying on the bottom. It's just so... It, you know those bits you're like oh this is a straight woman writing a gay character it just takes me right out yeah. of it because that feels very n- not genuine any who's bees finishing november 18th you're in or starting it maybe you're in cartagena colombia yeah it's my um, only time in south america oh really in cartagena uh it's my only south american country colombia i've never been to colombia um i would like to go very much though you did lighting rehearsals for invitation to dance and ab fab in the morning christmas show planning all day with dc didn't slash couldn't get off ship. Okay, so that is going to be the same entry for the next month, having lighting rehearsals for this fucking idiot who's still smoking while we're trying to figure shit out and working on a Christmas show. Sorry, I almost called you a liar, but then I realized Panama is in Central America because on yes. November 19th, you're in Colón, Panama. I feel like I liked Panama. Well, you said Colón was kind of a slum. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard not great things about Panama. I've been to Panama City Airport twice, um, and that's not my favorite place in the world. I think but I I've, can't speak to the country. I think I've been to Panama City as well later on, and I remember really enjoying it. Um, after walking around, Port got falafel and Wi-Fi. Yum. Casino won money at Blackjack! Exclamation point. Oh my god, yay. Oh, here we go. Dinner and golf with Spider-Man and fucked him. <laughs> <laughs> I like how I've evolved because the first few entries like in this journal when I had sex with Argentina was like X with C and like uh-huh. <laughs> made whoopee. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and then you also, man, you loved mini golf. I do. You, it's totally on my brand. I love fucking activities. Dinner and golf with Spider-Man and then you fucked him. <laughs> and then you played golf with B2 and you had a late night convo. With the twos until almost 4 a.m. Holy Good shit. lord. Conditioning in the theater with aerialists. So I think that's all kinds of out of order. Because I can't imagine that you went, <laughs> play, had dinner and golf, fucked Spider-Man. Then you went back out and played golf again. And then you had a late night talk. And then you did conditioning in the theater post 4 a.m. I mean, it sounds like daytime sex. Because if I was talking with these folks till 4 a.m., I obviously wasn't spending an evening with um, Spider-Man. But and you said dinner and golf with spider-man and then you fucked him so you must have done dinner golf sex golf again oh uh, wow <laughs> <laughs> i don't know to say golf really turns me on uh, um, apparently i probably meant that i topped i probably used the word fucked to imply that i topped that kind of begs the question of like what kind of terminology do you use because i 
if I'm topping, I usually say I fucked someone. Um, and if I am bottoming, I say I got fucked and I would never probably write like I fucked someone if I was bottoming in that situation. Oh, I thought about that in, um, Hollywood. Cause Patty Lapone says, should we fuck each other? Um, and I was like, huh, oh. one of you is going to be the receptive partner, assuming it's going to be Patty. Um, but she still, <laughs> still said fuck as the verb. Yeah. But like many like women will often say like we fucked or yeah, I fucked that guy. Yeah. So I think it doesn't can, mean that they pegged him. Totally. You can, I think you can be, you can fuck someone and bottom. They are not mutually mm-hmm. exclusive. Um, could we get a fuck count? <laughs> How many <laughs> times have we said that word? One, two, three, four fucks. <laughs> More like 24 fucks. The official fuck count up to that point was 27 fucks. And gird your loins, folks, because we've got nine more coming up in this episode. Need a TV guardian up in here. (laughs) So anyway, I do think I meant fuck in the topping sense because I only bottomed with this guy once. He was like, he asked to, and I generally enjoy bottoming, so I had no problem with it, but I did not enjoy this. What? I I just didn't know what you're going to say that he asked to, and I jumped on his dick. (laughs) I just didn't know what word was going to come out of your mouth. No, I just, I generally enjoy that. You know that I'm, I'm a very verse. We just looked at uh, what your most use emoticon means about your sexual position. And my most emoji, emoji, Papa. No one has said emoticon in a minute. Papa. Really? No one says emoticon anymore? No, emoticons are the ones you type out. Emojis are the ones that actually look <laughs> like faces. Papa. <laughs> Good. We haven't talked about my elderliness in a while. Well, my most recently used emoticon. <laughs> Cam and I both looked at a chart that explains what your most frequently used emoji means about your sexual position. And mine is a hug, which in this chart said verse. And his was the face my my two top emojis were for sub top which i don't exactly know how that works um anyway i've gone all over the place just to say i tried to with this guy and it's the only time i can ever remember bottoming and not being um fully there if you catch my drift erect Mm, is the word hard and i tried to just like i was like be a trooper and then i was like fuck no i was like sorry we're done it's over (laughs) Yeah, obviously it wasn't working for you. I'm glad that you had the um, sexual agency to stop it. This is a conversation you and I have had, but I feel like I don't often hear in gay convo writ large. Um, <sighs> often you see porn where someone's bottoming and they're not necessarily hard, and I don't uh, concur. I don't understand. I disagree. <laughs> I do disagree. Uh, I feel like you... Um, it's obviously not the same for every person, but for me, if it is not hard, I am probably not into it, and it doesn't yep, feel great. I, if you're if you're bottoming while not horny, it's it's very hard. That is true. Um, that is, however, for I've heard that conversation happen. I've heard people talk about it, like on the Savage Lovecast and things, and that's just how it works for some people. Some people really enjoy it, and it's not about their hard dick. It's about the sensation of like being fucked and all that kind of stuff, and or and like you know having someone inside them and. Um, it is, it can still be pleasurable for those people. And I yeah. believe that because that's what they say yeah. for me. That's not the case either. Like if I am not, um, if there's not a chance of me finding completion through this sexual act, it's wow, not that was sterile. Something. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was an obnoxious laugh. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Stop it. I love your laugh. Um. Yeah. No, you're right. That was sterile. I I want to come during sex, and I also want to be hard if I am getting fucked because that's the fun part about being fucked. As far as how I have sex, I realize that's not how everyone has sex, and that's okay. It's not okay. No, I'm kidding. Of course, it's okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. Just an interesting thing. I don't. I, I. It does. It does take me out of it though. Like if I'm uh, watching an adult video and I see someone getting railed and they are like covering up their soft dick i'm like this person has been on set getting fucked for like five hours and they just yeah. like can't keep it up anymore that's that's what it looks like to me and that really takes me out of it yes it is it is a different thing in porn than it is for someone calling into savage love cast saying they are flaccid while getting fucked and love it in porn they've probably been having sex all day and physically cannot get hard anymore and just have to get the scene done so they're still bottoming that's that's different and that's i hope mitigated in some way by the porn industry because it's very uncomfortable to can you imagine about. yeah no i can't i can't imagine doing like a multi-hour scene no um add this to the list of reasons why neither of us ever got into porn i suppose so okay on november 20th back to the journal uh you woke up late uh panama canal that's cool it was um, cool it was beautiful out uh jim with b2 and then you mini golfed again this is three times in two days <laughs> um you drank with the twos and made secret santa list and then you took notes for invitation to dance i had the best secret santa so good oh my god you mean you gave the best gifts um gifts both, or you had the best person both ways uh this was the most successful wonderful secret santa i've ever done so often i've done secret santas and i just like you get someone you don't really know or someone you don't know gets you or whatever. This is only the close cast and everybody got someone that they were able to surprise very well. It was super fun and I never remember being so satisfied by such an event. Secret Santas are always fun. I Well, no. They're not always fun. They're I, not always fun. Secret Santas can be really fun. Um, we did... I remember my very first summer at um, Schmushmartens when I was doing the Italy show. Manja manja mozzarella. <laughs> Um, and our mutual friend and colleague, Lindsay, was our um, vocal captain. And so she uh, she was the vocal captain and the dance captain. Actually, she was drunk with power that summer. <laughs> drunk with power. Um, so funny. Theme park vocal and dance captain drunk with power. But she wanted to do a secret Santa. But because it was summer, she organized secret summer sunshine and... She was actually mine and she gave me, she went to the dollar store and just got the most ridiculous stuff. I remember opening my gifts and laughing so hard that I cried. There was like a cat exercise video <laughs> DVD that she gave me. And like, she gave me, um, she got like the biggest pair of panties they had there. It was, they were so big that I put them on, we had an exercise ball in our green room and I put it on the exercise ball and it stayed there all summer and we called it panty ball. That's special. It was so special. Uh, we just had the best time and it, it was one of those where it, no no one took it too seriously it wasn't like a big special gifts it was like pretty low dollar amount but she um we, we all just kind of like uh, tried to tried to have a lot of fun with it and put thought into it and it, it turned out really well okay so we're moving on to the 21st of november um invitation to dance getting really hard to sing today voice is shot um on the 22nd of november you opened summer breeze you had rehearsal in centrum you were nervous, but it went pretty well. Um, off for arroz con pollo. That's chicken and rice, right? Sure is. You were off in Punta something, Costa Rica. What'd you call me? Uh, you're a fucking punta. Is it punta is point? Puta is bitch, right? I think puta is more like whore. Spanish is a rich language in um, anti-woman slurs. 
Fun. <laughs> November 23rd. And anti-gay, to be fair. Um, Mariposa? Is that faggot? No, that's butterfly. Mari- Maricon. Maricon. Mariposa? <laughs> Mariposa County is the county where Phoenix is in Arizona. <laughs> faggot County. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like. I live in a place called Faggot County. I think it's hysterical. Yeah, you would. You'd be the fucking mayor. <laughs> <laughs> New life goal: create and be mayor of Faggot County. <laughs> uh, and straight from Faggot County, California, Mike Wessels. <laughs> All right. On the twenty third of November, um, conditioning. Then our auction. You're using that word a lot. Conditioning. Conditioning. All um, of a sudden. There's aerialists on the ship, which I talked about before. They do those big death-defying shows and they had to rehearse and practice in the theater with like ropes and alira and that kind of stuff and that was open to the other cast members so i would go and do like just training with them so i did a little bit of lira and and rope work to do beginner aerial stuff that's what conditioning is um okay so then after conditioning and art auction you worked on christmas you're avoiding spider-man but you need to tell him it doesn't feel right for me yeah, no fucking shit, Sherlock. Doesn't feel right for me or in me. <laughs> Please get out of me. This doesn't feel right. Um, on the 24th, you had a, ew, a two and a half hour drill. Awful. <laughs> um, you were barely off in Puerto Quetzal. Quetzal? Uh, probably Puerto Quetzal, Guatemala. Sure. Um, you were with most of your cast. Your 70s set was fun. You're a little hurt that Jockstrap saw every opening except Summer Breeze. There's a bunch of, so there's all the main shows with the whole cast, and there's a bunch of little shows. Just a couple singers do some of these shows, and then just a couple dancers do a couple different little bits. Um, and there's a lot of openings over this whole first month, and everybody kind of goes to everyone else's stuff to support them. And the only thing that one person didn't go to was um, just my singer set, Summer Breeze. Um, I'm sure it meant literally nothing, but, you know, my fragile little ego just made me sad. It was sad that Jockstrap didn't come to your opening. There's <laughs> definitely a joke in there somewhere. Jockstrap, Help me find it. Help me find that. Opening. Jockstrap, come, Jockstrap come opening. opening. Uh, I don't know, man. We're off today. It feels like this should be easier. Oh! <laughs> he, he throws his, throws his camera across the room. On the 25th, uh, more drilling. Does this ever go away or you drill every time there's a new cruise? There's um, a, a massive amount of training you have to go through when you first get on the ship. It then slows down a little bit, but there will always be at least a drill or two on each cruise. Gotcha. I, I'm getting really itchy to travel again. I'm like, oh, a cruise sounds so fun. Usually a cruise doesn't sound fun to me at all, but I'm like, <laughs> put me on a boat and ship me around to see a bunch of different <laughs> things. That sounds awesome. I mean, I can put you in a box and ship you around, but uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I have no idea what the future holds for the cruise industry. You don't? Well, check that crystal ball. I was going to see if I could find that black cat. Maybe he speaks. <laughs> you do practice Santeria. You do have a crystal ball. I'm gonna boopish me flee. Okay, great. So on the end of November 25th, you... Okay, not the end. We haven't even got this really started this day. So you had a drill, and then you're, you were cutting and pasting Carol of the Bells. Great. Congratulations. Um, cutting and pasting music for the Christmas show? Like literal cut and paste, like printed music different from different places, and I'm literally cutting and pasting onto a sheet to photocopy. Great. Um, super embarrassed at Clark's ballet class because I'm awful. Wanted to cry, but dancers were supportive. What were you doing taking ballet class on a ship? You're not in college. 
Uh, Clark is one of the dancers in the ship. He is a fucking amazing ballet dancer. But why am I taking a dance class is the question. I, um, like I said earlier about the conditioning with the aerialists, the same was true of the dancers. They're required on the ship to do one or two dance classes, a cruise to like keep up their, oh, to stay in shape. Um, and singers are welcome to join that, but not required. And I went to as many as I could just to, you know, take advantage of that. All the, they just rotated which dancer taught the class and therefore they taught a bunch of different stuff with whatever their specialty was, which is why clock was doing ballet. So I went to this class and I was just as fucking heinous as you can imagine. And it was tough. They're doing lots of across the floor shit, lots of turns, lots of leaps. And it was honestly painful. I hated it so much. And there was like a bunch of times when I just didn't even, like, I didn't want to do it. It was so embarrassing for me to be not just so incapable, but so incapable amongst so many good people. (laughs) Um, Yes. But these are people like you have to be a very good dancer to get hired to do these contracts. I mean, the, the field is deep with people that are fine dancers. You have to be a good you, you have to be of, of a certain caliber. So these are trained professionals. These aren't just run of the mill people doing a ballet class for fun. Anyway, I did my best um, and they were so freaking nice. Anytime I did anything like remotely on beat or like I didn't fall, they were like, that's awesome. Seriously, you've already improved so much. They were just like so sweet about it like can we just pair this up against my last ship and the way they spoke to me about my dancing and about my singing uh-huh. and about everything that one woman called me said i had a singer's belly <laughs> argentina was constantly giving you a hard time about everything including your dancing yeah it just they were pretty nasty to me and i did not expect these folks to be so nice because i'm like oh yeah dancers are gonna judge me but they didn't at all they were honestly just a fucking lovely group that's great what a nice memory uh i'm really impressed that you stuck it out to the point where you got (laughs) sounds so strange i'm impressed that you stuck it out to the point where you wanted to cry i would have like seen that this was way above my level and i would have been like never mind this is gonna be embarrassing but you like you went out there and tried it and they encouraged you to do that that's impressive i mean i didn't go to any more ballet classes after that but i don't know i just felt like it would have been disrespectful to leave yeah that is that's really nice i can't imagine walking into a dance class i mean dance calls for things like theme parks and musicals were so shockingly traumatic for me. Like walking into a dance class when I couldn't possibly like get a job out of it sounds so, so awful. I would I agree. fucking freak out. And I have left many a dance audition, <laughs> um, but we know that we've, we've seen this Michael before. <laughs> then take that headshot back. Thank you so much. <laughs> Those cost money. <laughs> Uh, all right well that i think is plenty of journal for this week um i can see these next few uh days coming up are full of stuff so we'll wait until next episode to get into that sounds good before we go today mike have we heard from any listeners this week i asking Uh, like i don't know in fact i do know because we heard from a lot of them we heard from a lot of listeners and most of them were congratulations because uh my best friend's journal got a mention in the new york times and we are very excited about that. And we had a lot of really uh, sweet listeners who offered their congratulations. Yeah. And thank you so much for your support. Um, there are so many people, so many listeners that have been with us since the beginning and even ones that are haven't been with us since the beginning, but are, are people that we hear from often. Uh, we really appreciate your support and especially things like that. I mean, we've our names have never appeared in the New York Times before. So that's uh, that's a, a fun little thing for us. And, and we really appreciate your outpouring of, of support in those in moments like that. I fear that I've peaked. Um, but 
<laughs> we, we will, will see. <laughs> um, no, I'm very thrilled about it. The article is going to be in our bio and our Instagram and also probably part of my full identity from now on. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm Michael Wessels. I have been written about in the New York Times and I would like two tacos, no cheese. Thank you so much. <laughs> you may have read about me in the Times. Ever heard of it? <laughs> two tacos, no cheese. <laughs> Does my mom count as listener mail? Because I think I got the most reactions from her. She's very happy. <laughs> she did try to call you during this very recording. So you should probably go call her back so she can congratulate you and dote on her baby boy. I will. Okay, Mikey, if people want to find more of my best friend's journal, where should they look? Start with the New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> Just scour the website. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and I guess Facebook at MBFJ Podcast. And you can email us at mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com or go to our website, mybestfriendsjournal.com. Yeah. And if you just want direct links to all those, they now reside in our link tree on our Instagram account. So that's one place where you can find all the stuff that you're looking for. Uh, do us a favor and rate, review, and subscribe. Share with a friend. As always, thank you for that. All right, Mikey, that about does it. So until next time, always remember... Mini golf. The aphrodisiac you didn't know you needed. <laughs> that might be unique to you. Thank you.